What an awesome God we serve. What a privilege it is to be a part of his family. Our series that we're in the middle of is called Focus. Somebody say focus. Sometimes our lives get out of focus. Sometimes we don't see what is needed to be seen. Can I tell you the focus is so important? I mean, since we gathered last Sunday, we've had the Las Vegas shooting. We've got another hurricane coming in. Nate has graced us with his presence. There are earthquakes, there's war, there's famine, there's rumors of war. And as I was reading my one-year Bible this morning on my phone at 3.30 a.m., <laughs> pray that I will get sleep, all right? Would you do that? It was interesting to me, Luke chapter 21, Jesus said, there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So, verse 28, so, when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up, for your salvation is near. Another translation says, your redemption draweth nigh. Look to the heavens because God is preparing to come back. And here we are in, in this day and time, in this season of life where we can get so out of focus and we begin to ask, and even in the church, people start to ask the wrong questions. How can God let this happen? See, we're asking the wrong questions. Why is this happening? It's the last days. He told us it was coming. He warned us over 2,000 years ago. Everything's coming to a close, and I'm coming back for my people. You say, instead of asking the question, why, why, God, we need to ask the question, how can we advance the kingdom of God in this time? How do we live as the children of the living God in these moments? How, do we, how does the gospel go forth in greater power and might? How do we become the stabilizing force in our world? How are we to live during these events? Difficult times always give us a greater opportunity to shine brighter. Gives us a greater opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Good news of peace and hope through Jesus. And it gives us a greater opportunity to be a steadying force in a shaky world. And I pray the Lord will help us to see a bigger picture. And help us to focus on what we need to focus on 
as the children of the living God. Nudge your neighbor and say, tag your head. You're all he has now. It's time to become what God has asked us to become. We are plan A, plan B, plan C. Well, actually, there is no plan B or C. We're it. Filled with his Holy Spirit, anointed by God, we're called to help people focus. We're called to be salt and light. And so we've looked the past couple of weeks focusing on our Heavenly Father. The psalmist David said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And noticing that, that whatever we magnify, whatever we get closest to becomes larger. And so David encourages us to magnify the Lord. And, and I've encouraged us to fix our eyes on, on God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The old song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth, temporary things, temporal things, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You see, when you focus on the right thing, when you focus on God, the stuff that seems to be so large just kind of just grows strangely dim in his light, in his presence. We talked about worship and how you don't have to be taught how to worship. You worship whatever you love. I mean, go to any rock concert, watch what happens. Something happens as you begin to love something. You start to worship. It just flows from you. You were designed by God to worship. Landon said it again today. All you got to do is fall in love with Jesus. When you fall in love with the Lord, it's, it's not pulling teeth to get worship out of you. It just flows. Amen. And the thing of it is, we, we also spend our money, our energy, our time, our voice, our passion on whatever we love. And so we've got to change our, our focus. We begin to focus on him and him alone. And last week we looked at 1 Peter chapter 1 and we talked about focusing on our forever future. Look at your neighbor tell him, you have a forever future. Fix your eyes. Fix your eyes on the forever future. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Look beyond the now junk to what's eventually coming. Don't get sidetracked. You're just a temporary resident. You're a foreigner. You're an alien. But you're God's chosen people. This world is not your home. You've got a forever future that goes way beyond the mere hundred years or so here on earth. So focus. Focus. And remember, I shared with you the, the surroundings, the, the culture that, that First Peter was written in. And, and it was this time when Nero was ruling and, and he was killing Christians. I mean, he was a nasty guy. He killed his mom. He killed his, his wives, had them all murdered. And uh, he would take 
take Christians, cover them with the skins of beasts, and they would be torn apart by dogs, and, and they would die. They were nailed to crosses. They were doomed to the flames and burned to serve as nightly illumination when it got dark out. They were human torches. And this is the moment in time when Peter writes this letter to the Christians. And he says in verse 6, So be truly glad. I mean, he's writing to people who are going through stuff that you and I have not yet faced, and hopefully we don't. Others of our brothers and sisters have faced such things across the world. We pray for the persecuted church. But he writes, and, and you know, I, I think, you know, we start talking about persecution here in America, and it's like, yeah, my friends won't talk to me. Being so persecuted for Jesus. Really? Yeah, they found out I was a Christian and I didn't get the promotion. Ow. And, and our perspective is so different. And, and Peter says to the, the persecuted church, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. And they understood what he was talking about. He said, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials... It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Because that day's coming. He said, lift up your eyes. Look up. Your redemption's coming. Salvation's on the horizon. Jesus Christ is coming back. And he's coming back for a church. He's coming back for his family. Coming back for those who have had their robes washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. It says in verse 13, so prepare your minds. You see, you got, you got to think differently. Prepare your minds for action. There's some things you need to do. And there's other things you don't need to do, so you need to exercise self-control. Prepare your minds for action do some things and don't do some other things. Exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the government. Oh, that, I'm sorry, I, I read that wrong. Put all your hope in your 401k. Put all your hope in the fact that real estate may not go down anymore. Your investments are going to be okay. No, that's, see, that's, that's moth and rust stuff. That's thieves breaking in and stealing. That, that's, ay, ay, ay. If that's our hope, we're in trouble, folks. Because our hope is not in temporal things. Our hope is in Him. Put all your hope 
in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. That's where your hope has to lie. Everything else is temporary. It just lasts for a moment or two. It's, it's like a breath of wind. It's gone. Done. That's that slice of time that we get stuck in thinking this is all there is. God reminds us this isn't all there is. There's a gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Put your, all your hope, all your hope in that. Then he says in verse 14, so you must live as God's obedient children. <laughs> but I don't want to obey. I know. It, it's like embedded in every child. And sometimes it's time to grow up and start doing what God's asked you to do. I'll just let that sit there and sink in for a second. When you find yourself pushing back against what God's asked you to do, you know you're a brat. Just being a brat. And I hate to admit it, but I've been a brat at times in my life. There are times when we need to grow up. And he says, so you must. This isn't, this isn't an option. This isn't like choose one of these, okay? If you want to live, that's fine. If you want to obey, that, oh, that's good. But if you don't, it's, uh, that's option C. He's like, no, you must. You must live as God's obedient children. And then he follows up, don't slip back into your old ways of living, to satisfy your own desires. And when you're a brat, all you want are your own desires. James says, what's the quarreling going on? Somebody's not getting their way. You're not, you're not doing what, what we want you to do. And so we're going to, he took my, he's crossed the line. <laughs> took my toy. <laughs> And so he says, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but you know better now. And the problem is, even though we know better, we're still being a brat. Yeah. But now you must be holy in everything you do just as God who chose you is holy. The scriptures say you must be holy because I'm holy. And you're my kids. And my kids have my DNA. And so you better represent me well because that's your calling as children of the living God. Did you know they, the, the 
the uh, church, the followers of Jesus were first called Christians at Antioch. They didn't start calling themselves that. People started calling them Christ-like ones. You're like him. They stuck out in the crowd. And so it wasn't that they were trying to label themselves as a Christ follower. People just said, you act like, you look, you talk like, you are dealing in business like Christ, the Messiah, the called one, the chosen and anointed one. And so they started calling them Christians. What, what could happen today if we stuck out so like that and people said, what? That's, you're different. Something about you that's a whole lot like Jesus. And I pray that becomes our legacy. Can I just challenge you this morning? And, and I've got a lot of message and no time. And I will share with you next week. But let me just challenge you. Don't just tack Jesus onto your old life. Okay, now I've got Jesus too. I still got all my old stuff, but now I got Jesus and I can call him when I get in trouble. Like I can get an Uber when I can't drive right now because I'm so drunk. I, I'll just tack that on to my already messed up life. Jesus didn't come just to tack on and add on to your life. He came to transform your life. He came to set you free from your sin. He came to change your old life into a brand new life. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And God wants to make you new. He wants to save you from your sin, but he also wants to save you from your old self. All the junk that's been so dragging you down. I want you to stand with me, please, if the band would come. You see, you don't need, need to be eating poop brownies anymore. If that doesn't make any sense to you, you need to watch last Sunday's message. And sometimes we think just a little bit won't matter, but it matters. It matters what you put in your life. It matters what, what you add. It matters what you take away. And some of you need to take away some of the, get rid of, get rid of all the junk and let him, let, let me just, 1 Peter chapter 2, real quick. He opens this chapter like this. So, get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation Cry out for this nourishment. 
now that you've had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Cut out the wrong stuff. Get rid of all the evil stuff. Crave the right stuff. And don't just crave it. Cry out for it. <laughs> We've got a new baby in the family. Sloan. Sloan is hungry all the time. But Sloan knows something. Even as an infant, she knows if I don't get the right kind of nourishment now, I'm in trouble. And so what does she do? I'm hungry. Oh, I'm hungry for you. I'm hungry. No, she's crying out. You go, hey, what about me? Hello, I'm, I'm hungry. In fact, I'm starting to get hangry. Feed me. And there's some time in your life, spiritually, you've got to cut out the wrong stuff. You've got to crave the right stuff. And then begin to cry out, God, I've got to have you. Because I know if I don't eat, I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it till I'm three months old. I'm not going to make it till I'm six months old. I'm not going to make it to one if I don't eat. I've got to have your nourishment. And there's got to be something inside of us that says, Oh, God, I've got to have you. I'm ready to get rid of all the junk, all the evil stuff. I'm craving the good stuff. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> You'll be blessed if you take refuge in Him. Come on, lift your hands and surrender to Him this morning all over this place. Pour out upon us, Lord. We're crying out to you. Crying out to you, Lord. God, we've got to have you. These are desperate times. These are desperate moments, Lord. We've got to have your presence. We've got to have your power. We've got to have your nourishment, Lord. We've got to hunger after your word. Oh, God, fill us up. Fill us up with the good stuff. Remove, cut away the bad stuff, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh, we're hungry for you, oh yes, we're hungry for you, Lord. Lord, stir a hunger inside of us, a newborn hunger. Stir a newborn hunger inside of us, Lord. A newborn hunger, Lord. A newborn hunger. For the pure, pure, undefiled, undefiled milk of the Word of God. Stir a hunger in us, O oh God, for your presence. Stir something in us, Lord. A crazy